This episode is powered by Poddex. You're now listening to the Radar One Podcast. Hello, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Radar One Podcast, the radical way for discussion. As always, I am your host, Ivan Hakis, and well, we did it. Episode number 20 is here. Finally, we reach another milestone, and I couldn't be happier with my guest today. Before I get to that, as always, I hope everybody is having a wonderful weekend. Everybody's doing well. Everybody's healthy. And everybody's having a good time. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. And let's cook the best steaks that we can on Father's Day. (laughs) So with that being said, guys, if you want to follow the show... You can find it on Facebook and Instagram at Radar One Podcast. And if you want to listen to the show, you can listen to it on platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So make sure you guys do your due diligence, rate, review, subscribe, like, follow, and catch up. So my guest today is a Hall of Fame martial arts champion. His name is Matt State. And I had the pleasure of speaking with him in which he told us about his experiences, his accomplishments. Not only is he a martial arts champion, but he's written multiple books that have gone to the number one spot on Amazon, which is even more amazing, right? As if martial arts wasn't a huge acolyte to accomplish, he decides to go in a different avenue and take on writing a book. And he did that successfully multiple times. Aside from that, he is also TikTok famous, as they call it. He has 240,000 followers on TikTok. And his videos, he tells us about self-defense on martial arts. Really neat stuff, really cool stuff. So check him out on TikTok if you're a a TikTok person. (laughs) So... Thanks, Matt, for appearing on my podcast again. I truly enjoyed talking with you. So with that being said, guys, we're at that point. If you're ready, I'm ready. Radar One Podcast is ready. Let's talk. All right, so I'm here today with Matt Matt State, correct? Is that how I, you pronounce your last name? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So, Matt, um, you bring to the table a lot of knowledge, a lot of experiences, a lot of things that really intrigue me. And to start off, could you tell us a little bit about your background in martial arts? Uh, Yeah, certainly. So, uh, hi, everybody. I basically started in the late 80s in martial arts training and I sort of had a few stumbles along the way and tried a few things out. And once I sort of found my footing, which at the time was a martial arts form of karate, um, then I've basically been doing that ever since. I've managed to 
reach a reasonable level. I hold multiple back belts and instructor licenses and uh, world gold, silver and bronze medals, written a number of books on the subject. Um, I, you know, I, I, I teach on a lot of the main stages. So, so yeah, it's been a very interesting and, and, uh, and rewarding journey. That's, that's awesome. I also have here that you were inducted into the uh, MAI Black Belt Hall of Fame. How yeah, yes. The there's there's a there's a, a very well known and respected magazine in the UK called the Martial Arts Illustrated that was around for a lot of years, and they do a big a big event annually, and they have a Hall of Fame. And yes, I've been fortunate enough to be inducted into that twice now. Wow, that's 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 definitely an awesome accomplishment, and probably something that really puts the icing on the cake for you right in terms of of what you've accomplished as a martial artist right oh absolutely uh, there's it's it's great to have a little bit of, of of recognition from your sort of peer group and so on and so forth but uh aside from that it was an absolutely fantastic evening where you just met a load of friends and you know had a, had one too many to drink <laughs> <laughs> yes definitely so Martial arts wasn't something that you were into in your in your younger years, was it? Or did were you always into martial arts and were you did you start training for it as a young kid? Yeah, I was I was always I was always into the concept of it. Unfortunately, I didn't have the best start in life and I come from a a broken family. There was quite a bit of violence around. I was bullied a lot as a kid and there was problems in the home. So um, it was bad enough for me to actually be diagnosed with PTSD as a child. So uh, then I lost my father to suicide. And so uh, long story short, it wasn't an overly pleasant beginning, but I always had visions of, of, of martial arts as a way to escape and beat the bullies and all the rest of it. So it was one of those things where at the time I couldn't access it, but it was always in in my mind that it's something that I wanted to do. And eventually I was able to, to take that route. Okay. And, uh, so with your experiences, you know, the, the as a, as a young kid, you mentioned you, you, you got, you were diagnosed with PTSD. Do you feel like that made your motivation, your dedication to martial arts that much easier for you to translate over to it and maybe teach others about the art? Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, it was my absolute savior, and and it changed my life and everything within it. And so, yeah, I, I'm I'm very privileged to be able to pass that on now through my teachings to others. But it's one of those where when I when I lost my father, it was a case of I needed a a sort of surrogate family, if you like. I needed surrogate role models, and I also needed somewhere positive to put all that anger and aggression and mixed up feelings and and so that was that was really the turning point because i went from somebody that wanted to do martial arts and just messing around on the periphery to somebody that actually sort of dedicated their their sort of full time and effort towards it and so yeah i, I became totally immersed in it and it became my well my, my way of life really yeah your, your way to escape uh reality in a sense could it well, not so much escape it, but face up to it, I think, is a, is a better way of putting it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, in your teachings, what are the age ranges that you usually uh, in, instruct or, or, or teach, in a sense? I mean, do you get do you have, you know, little kids all the way up to adults, or do you just focus on adults, teenagers? What's yeah. the age range there? 
Well, I teach all sorts now. Uh, so I have I have classes available from for four year olds right up through. Oh wow! Um, but I also deliver. So I do sort of sport martial arts for people. I do MMA kind of stuff, but I also do a lot more reality based kind of stuff for guys. So I, I I work with a lot of frontline staff, you know, security people, um, NHS staff, which is our medical profession over here. Um, so I work with a lot of bailiffs, people that people that have a lot of confrontation in their in their working lives so i do a lot of training around those guys as well plus i have programs that are far more shall we say um geared towards self-defense kind of stuff so those are predominantly aimed at adults so i i i I teach right across the board do you ever have obstacles when you're when you're teaching let's say you're teaching your younger students and they're having difficulty learning a specific discipline a specific uh, move how do you tailor your lessons to suit everyone essentially uh yeah well that's that's where the the actual understanding of what you do becomes really challenging because to to be able to understand something enough to teach it to various people in various ways that's that's part of one of the joys of what what I do because it really means that I have to learn it properly and so um so yeah we all learn in different ways we all have different learning styles and we're all individuals and so it's a case of what would work for one person may not work for another so you have to approach it from different ways but that's actually sometimes probably the best part of it when you know when somebody's been struggling with something to help them understand it and when you get that light bulb moment if you will um, if right. it's been if it's been hard fought for, then it's it's actually worth that a little bit more. That's awesome. So, in in martial arts, as you know very well, uh, respect must must be earned, right? You have to you have to not only earn the respect but give respect to others. What is one way that you promote respect within your own classroom? Okay, that's an interesting question. Yeah, um, yeah, we're in a because of what we do and the physical nature of it and the real possibility that you know you can cause harm to others then obviously that's something that we need to make sure is enforced so that that respect that politeness that gratitude that ability to be able to appreciate the people that are around you is something that uh, we absolutely do enforce we we we're not we're not very traditional in the sense that I don't insist that everybody bows and calls me sir and all that sort of thing but we do enforce that respect element because that's that's very relevant i the last thing i want to do is is create people that just go out to cause harm so um so we're very big on on making sure that people are nice people as well it's not just about (laughs) a physical skill it's about the mental capacity to be able to carry that because um you know, I'm sure that you you guys yourself, if you if you look at it from an analogy of a gun owner and you say, if somebody has a gun, then they have a responsibility because what they actually have is something that can cause harm if used incorrectly. And right. the same technically applies to martial arts. So, you know, if I teach somebody how to physically hurt somebody else and give them the skills to do so, I also have a moral obligation to instill respect in them to make sure that they're not going to go out and use that in the wrong manner. Right. That's interesting. So um, it just depends on, on who the student is really, right? And like, obviously with the younger students, it's it might be a little bit more difficult to teach them about respect, to teach them the discipline in the correct way, just because, well, they're kids, you know, they're, sometimes their minds are, are in other places 
And most of the time they're there because their parents brought them to the class, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. For, for the most part, uh, you there's two main reasons why parents bring their children to, to a martial arts class. And usually it's to do with discipline or self-confidence, not necessarily self-defense or being able to physically uh, defend yourself, but self-confidence. So both of those things are part of the, the learning journey. And when you look at what martial arts does for people, it creates that sort of inner confidence and inner calm. But when we're talking about children, especially, they haven't they haven't they haven't been fully formed yet. So they their emotions are all over the place. They've got to learn how to socially interact with people. They've got to learn that they can't have everything their own way all of the time. They have to share. So there's lots of really, really good life skills embedded in martial arts training that that, that can be taught at that age group. Um, and it's, it's just not all about punching and kicking at all. Okay. So more specifically to you now, uh, you obviously told us about, you know, examples of, of, of the way you teach, but when did you realize that you could be successful in martial arts? Was that something that, that occurred early in your career mid of your career or the latter part of your career when did you learn that well the, the the truth is that i still wake up every day pinching myself thinking i'm going to get found out at some point that i'm not really um i'm not really that good at anything uh, so <laughs> the, truth, the, the truth is is that it's uh, on a serious note i mean i i was very very naturally geared towards the physicality of it i mean i'm, I'm a physical guy uh, and, it, and it sort of came easy to me with regards to the movement, the understanding of it, the principles of it. And so um, I suppose when you look at anybody that has a, a natural aptitude for something, they're going to be able to, you know, to run with that a little bit quicker. So I, I, I found that I was able to, to do that. But also, oddly enough, where I came from and the background that I had actually lent itself to what I was doing as well, because... Um, I didn't have a lot of the fears that other people would have with regards to physicality and, uh, and being hit and fighting and sparring and so on and so forth. Uh, and then you couple that with the, 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 the mental aspect of it and the psychology around violence and fear and everything else. And so uh, what it actually meant that I had a head start on a lot of those things because of where I where I was originally. So uh, it's quite interesting how that all panned out. So so yeah, in a lot of ways, I was I was given a lot of natural talents that I've just you know added onto with with hard work. Right, that's awesome. That's awesome. And of course, motivation had a key factor into that, and and the passion for it, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. When you, when you, you know, when you, when you're a young kid and you're, um, you have a lot of anger and a lot of misunderstandings in the world because of where you are and what's going on and to, and to express that through, through, through random rage and, and, and so on and so forth. And then to have a home for it and to find that actually you're getting told well done for something and encouraged to, to put that energy to a, positive use that was really really vital to stop me from uh, from going on the wrong path entirely and ending up you know either in prison or dead which a lot of my friends at that time unfortunately are now right so out of the four disciplines or at least i've counted four there there's probably a lot more than that but i have karate kickboxing olympic wrestling and mma 
which of those has been your favorite throughout your whole uh, experience to not only you yourself teach, but when you were learning it was was your most favorite? Um, yeah, the list actually is substantially sort of longer than that, and they all have <laughs> they all have benefits to them. So um, I actually started. I did a little bit of judo. I did some amateur boxing. Um, as we moved on for that, I've done K1 full contact kickboxing, Thai boxing. Uh, we've looked at a number of different styles of wrestling, catch wrestling, which is a British version over here, Olympic wrestling, um, some judo again, like I said. So there's been MMA stuff. There's been jujitsu, Japanese jujitsu and Brazilian. There's been um, so, so there, there's a lot of Krav Maga and combative stuff and Kapaf and all of that as well. So there's been a, a long journey through an awful lot of, of various things over the years. I've been doing it a long time now and I have a, uh, you know, where I dedicated so much time and energy to it. It seems like it's a lot, but when you think that's pretty much all I did for most of my life, then <laughs> it, it's not so it's not so extravagant in that sense. Uh, and yeah, they've all got benefits to them, and they're all they they all teach skill sets that are that are really useful. So I mean, my main I would say that the the main one at the beginning was the karate because that's that's the home that I found, if you like, that uh, that that became the surrogate family and became the the place where I learned the foundations and everything else really comes off the back of that. So although I don't consider myself a karate practitioner or, or a teacher, because there are people far better than I, it definitely did give me a really good foundation to be able then to go out and explore all the other things that I've looked at. That's, that's awesome. So I, I, I have here that you are an author. You have written four books how did martial arts motivate you to go into a different path, a different direction and get into something completely different than what you already know and go into writing? How, how was that? How was the transition on that? Well, I think like most people, you have that sort of nagging thing that, uh, that you'd like quite like to write a book and, quite a few people have that including myself and i do like to challenge myself and give myself things that aren't that comfortable to achieve because i like that pushing the envelope kind of vibe when that's happening um so long story short i ended up going to work in security as a bouncer in nightclubs and bars and as a bodyguard and things and people kept asking me repeatedly what that was like you know how that how that was what was it like doing stuff with different people and um, and I was qu constantly getting asked. And a lot of the questions that I was getting asked was was from a basis of, of misunderstanding. A lot of guys don't really understand fully what that role is. And so uh, and so I thought I'd write a book about it. And so I wrote half the book. I then told myself I was rubbish and nobody would read it and put it back in a cupboard <laughs> for, a, for a few years. Um, and then eventually pulled it back out, managed to finish it. And to my uh, to my delight, because that's the right word for it. Uh, I found that it it became uh, an Amazon number one in its in its category twice and was very well received. And so um, so so that was actually really, really positive. And on the back of that, I've now written a few. Now you can now you can't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I, I, I that's actually one of my goals is, is for me to get good enough at life and have an abundance of experiences where I can myself write 
a few books. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I thoroughly recommend the process to anybody. And it's um, the truth is we all have an interesting story to tell. And right. it's it's really it's just a case of setting the task and doing it. You know, that's the that's the thing. I mean, I now write for a lot of the top industry magazines. I'm asked constantly to to do these things for people. So it's it's incredible. Once once the ball starts rolling, I suppose it's like with everything else, isn't it? Once you once you actually get going with it, then then it then it starts working out. So yeah, I thoroughly I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend just just getting into it and doing it. Well I'm gonna give it a shot and maybe a few months into it I'll probably myself put it in, in a in a closet somewhere and forget about it and say, you know what? I'm not good at this. No one's going to read it. And maybe I'll have the same experience as you did. And the motivation will come back and I continue to write the book. <laughs> yeah, we'll try not to have that hiatus in the middle. Don't listen to those voices. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned earlier that you were a, a private security bouncer. And actually, your book, Modern Samurai, takes us into the world of private security. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, long story short, uh, obviously I'm I was doing the martial arts and I was I was pretty reasonably okay at that. I'm not a small chap, so the the <laughs> logical sort of step was was to be asked if I wanted to do some security, and I made the decision to say yes. And I thought at the time, wow, this will be exciting, you know. Um, and it was an opportunity as well. And this is one of the things. It was an opportunity for me to test out what I thought I knew, if you liked, in a legally sanctioned environment where I was actually doing some good in the world. So so rather than going out and sort of picking fights, I was actually tasked with, you know, looking after bars and clubs and individuals. And so that, you know, at times there was confrontation within that. But it was done from a point of, you know, that's what I was paid for. And it was done morally and responsibly. So um, I suppose when you're a young kid and if, you know, if, say, for example, you brought a bright, shiny red Ferrari, but you were never allowed to drive it fast, you kind of get frustrated at that. So it was that kind right. of it was that kind of feeling behind it. You know, I was in the peak of fitness. I was, you know, very, very young, very strong, very healthy and I wanted to push the envelope to see what I could, you know, what I was capable of and whether all this stuff really worked. Because um, it's one thing to it's one thing to practice in a sports hall in a controlled conditions. It's quite another thing to roll about amongst the fag ends at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so I, I could imagine that you had a lot of encounters with aggressive people or well. Like, for example, uh, on your book, you mentioned that you were looking after celebrities. I can also imagine a fan or maybe a disgruntled fan at that trying to get closer and getting aggressive. You had any experiences like that? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there's a certain amount of conflict goes with the job. And that's right. obviously what we're being paid for in the first instance. So, uh, so I, in all fairness, I have to say thank you to all those particular idiots in the world because they're the people that, that, that <laughs> pay the wages. Um, but on the other side of it, yeah, unfortunately it did lead to some unpleasant situations which weren't that nice. And when you're looking at celebrities and things, it's a bit of a mix, mixed bag. I mean, they do say you should never meet your heroes. And 
and sometimes that's actually true. I mean, some of the people I can't go naming names for obvious reasons, but some of the people that I ended up working in and around were actually people that were the complete opposite to how they presented in front of a camera. And, and it was like, oh, that's such a letdown. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But then on the other hand, it were you had the other side of the coin as well. And some were absolutely fantastic. So really, really, really strange world to be in. And when you're uh, when you're a kid from a small town to be in and around, as an example, Saudi royalty, just to, to pick on one particular uh, section there, uh, and to see the, the 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 opulence and the money and the wealth and the lifestyle, it's absolutely jaw dropping. So it was a fantastic it was a fantastic window into worlds that I'd never seen before. You know, celebrity and high end business people and politicians and royalty and yeah, it's, it's such, it was such a great opportunity that was presented to me. So I'm very grateful for it. Yeah, definitely. I could imagine that it, in that field, uh, when you're you know watching over a celebrity, you have to be in a specific state of mind. The amount of concentration that goes into that, the awareness that goes into that as well, you have to be really focused and alert at all times, right? You don't want to you know, let your guard down. And in that instant second, something crucial happens um, that affects the you know the the person you're you're watching over. Right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, there's there's that misconception from from films like The Bodyguard with Kevin Costner that people watch and think that that's, <laughs> that's sort of the, that's the world of of it, and it's it's not really for the most part. Um, there's a lot of standing in doorways and a lot of looking at hedges and a and a lot of endless hours of really not doing much of anything but that is that's that's part of the role if you like and so the trick is is being able as you say to stay alert and awake throughout all of that because the whole point is that there you know a threat has been identified and could happen and so so yeah you have to be ready for that and it's it's quite it's, it's a surprisingly difficult task to stay alert and remain alert for long periods of time it's actually it's actually pretty challenging. Can you tell us about one of your most memorable experiences on the job that you had that you'll never forget and that you can always, the instant you, you remember it, you can feel like as if it just happened yesterday? Yeah, well, there's, 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 there's a few different ones, but there's one that I write about in the book that's, um, that may translate because it's a name that people will know. Uh, so for those that may remember a lady called Grace Jones, she's okay. she's a uh, a very, very tall, masculine Amazonian lady. She was in a couple of the Bond films. She's released a number of songs. And um, so she's she was in some of the Conan films as well. I think she was uh, dating Dolph Lundgren for quite some time. Anyway, she's a very, very, very dominant, domineering physical presence and she absolutely really is and we was doing security for one of her gigs where she was very scantily clad and she uh, i was stood in front of stage staring out towards the audience and she decided to uh, come up behind me grab the top of my head and start grinding her crotch into the back of my head in front of the entire auditorium which was <laughs> uh, which was a moment that i don't relish to be honest <laughs> <laughs> So what was your, 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 your instinct at that? Like, did you, I mean, obviously it's an awkward time to be in, but I mean, what could you do at the, in that situation? 
Or what did you do in that situation? <laughs> well, you're right. It was rather awkward at the time. Yes. Um, so I, I, I did basically all I could do, which I, I basically just took a couple of steps away and pretended that it didn't happen. And when I did that, she, <laughs> uh, when I did that, she put her hand down between her legs and started, uh, and basically made these movements with her hand while telling me quite loud in front of the entire audience that I don't know what I'm missing. <laughs> Wow, I could only imagine everybody staring at you and chuckling in the background, or just you yourself. I mean, yeah, the embarrassment, you know. Yeah. Oh no, I was. I, yeah, I was. To be honest, that's one of those ones where uh, you can't really plan for, and you don't really know how to react. But yes, the entire audience had a giggle at my expense for a few minutes at that one. Well, you know, if you have to take a positive out of that situation, it could be that that you at least had the audience laughing at at that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, it, and, you know, and it became a chapter in my book. So I, again, I'm thankful for the, uh, for the story to tell. <laughs> and so this, this specific chapter, we can find it on uh, your book or in your book, Modern Samurai, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's one of the stories that I tell in my first book. And uh, yeah, but there's, there's lots of different stories like that within the book. It's, I tried purposely to not focus solely on the the violent aspects because there are for want of a better word there are enough hard man books out there you know about these guys that beat up 20 hell's angels and all the rest of it and i, d I didn't want it to be like that because i'm not like that so it's 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 really more an exploration of all the different sides of it you know both humorous and emotional and pleasant and not pleasant and so it's a mixture of all of the above okay so now that we're in the in the in the, in the subject i want to go over the the four books correct that you have written yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Modern Samurai, My Journey Up the Mountain, The 20 Easy Ways to Keep Your Child Safe, mm -hmm. and Online Martial Arts, correct? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what we, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, so what basically what we've got, Modern Samurai, which is the uh, base, memoirs of the, the work in security and on the doors and things like that. My Journey Up the Mountain is basically all about my martial arts training and the journey within that and again that's there's lots of sort of stories and um lots of descriptive conversations about what what that looked like and how that felt through all the different stages and so again it's not just <clears throat> it's not just about a very linear line towards a black belt it's you know it's a journey it's stories hence the title You've got the 20 easy steps to keep your kids safe, which is which is essentially a short form book with a lot of tips there for for what well, for what it says on the tin, keeping your kids safe. And then the <laughs> latest one, which is written with the wonderful Kai Morgan, that's online martial arts, evolution or extinction. And that's something that we released just a few weeks ago, which, again, fortunately went to number one in its category. And that's a discussion on the current situation with regards to online training. We use the, the platform martial arts, but it could just as easily apply to any sort of online training, the, the pros, the cons and and how that looks and how that changes the the evolution of, of what we do, because it's delivered in a completely different medium. So if you're looking at a physical space where you grab hold of somebody, there's an interaction there. There's a, a feedback loop there that is obvious, whereas if you're delivering online 100 miles away from one another, you have to engage that in a different way that's awesome and uh well congratulations on going number one not only once but multiple times on um on on your books yeah, that's no, awesome that's an awesome feat and we obviously we can find all these books on on amazon yep yep yeah you'll be able to find them all on amazon yep 
Okay, perfect. So I'll I'll actually add the the links to each of these books, so people that are interested, and I know there's a lot of people interested in in martial arts and and private security, and just the stories that mm. you have to tell, you know. So I'll link that on there so people can can find them. Awesome stuff. Uh, so another one of your your accomplishments is something that's probably taking the world by by you know by the grasp um, in TikTok. You know, TikTok obviously is something. It, it's the app that millions and millions of people all over the world are using for fun to keep their minds off of the the coronavirus. Um, you know, just random stuff people do creativity going around but you yourself have been able to use tiktok to continue to teach and learn from others in that right yeah yeah it's 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 uh, an incredibly interesting fun place to be at the moment and for a a man of my age being (laughs) tiktok famous is a uh, is an interesting place to be. So um, yeah, I've I've managed to to gather over two hundred twenty five thousand followers, and uh, with views in the I mean, some of my videos are four or five million views. So yeah, it's 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 an interesting place at the moment. So your TikTok videos, you teach us about your you know your self defense uh, techniques, tips. Uh, what else do you do you cover on that? Yeah, predominantly that that's all about the martial arts self-defense and there's okay. some sort of communication stuff in there, some confidence stuff in there, a little bit of life skills, but predominantly it's martial arts training. So it's just a reflection of what I do in real life, really. Um, and it's, it's you know, it's done very well. And so I also help now, I help other businesses and people to uh, to to explore the platform as well. So what made you go with TikTok? Of course, there's hundreds maybe even thousands of applications that you yourself can utilize to to showcase your talents your experiences your knowledge uh, but what made you go with tiktok versus you know continuing to post on facebook or i know you have videos on youtube but why tiktok uh <laughs> it started out from a late night youtube binge watch um long story <laughs> short i couldn't sleep the one evening i was just watching random clips and I came across uh, Gary Vaynerchuk talking about TikTok and I happened to be on a business podcast the next day as a guest and we started talking about it and I said oh I'm going to have a look um I'm going to you know I'm going to have a proper look now the thing is with me is I can't just do something a little bit I'm either 100% in or not at all so I ended up spending a few months researching it looking at it properly really looking at how it all worked um, assessing what people were doing good and bad and right and wrong and all the rest of it. And then eventually decided that, um, you know, I was going to put myself out onto that platform because it's a really, really powerful tool to engage with lots and lots of people all across the world. And so that's what I did. And and, and in a short while, as I said, we've, we've managed to pull together well over 200,000 people and those people then, you know, become people that enjoy what I do and it's great connecting with them. And I enjoy the platform because it's, it's got a sense of fun about it. So, you know, I do what I do, but I also have a sense of humor. I like to think, and you don't have to be like totally serious all the time. So, so TikTok's a really nice place to sort of be at the moment. 
Yeah, and not only with that, I would think that the 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 easy access to the app for people to to find you is 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 better than having to go on YouTube where it might take a tad bit longer to 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 search a video that they like or like on Facebook. It, it I guess it, it it could be a matter of just seconds where in TikTok you look up the you know your your account name, your username and you have the abundance of of, of videos in you know in mere seconds and the fact that they're not that long how long do you do the videos go for i'm not too familiar with tiktok like i don't have an account myself but i do see that for instance my wife my kids they enjoy the hell out of it so yeah. how long do the videos go on that yeah well they're normally 15 to 30 seconds so most okay. of my videos are around the 15 second mark and that so if you uh if you were looking at say well my my bio is called modern samurai ma on there in the same way that my book is called modern samurai so modern samurai ma but if you put in any kind of self-defense martial arts kind of thing you should see one of my videos come up because it, <laughs> it's like a library in the same way that youtube is it's just a lot lot quicker so if you imagined if you imagine YouTube after 20 cups of coffee with a sense of mischief, <laughs> that's, that's somewhere where TikTok is. Yeah, that's that's totally awful. So that's at Modern Samurai MA if you guys are intrigued, yep. which you should be. <laughs> uh, so look them up if you're into the TikTok. And, um... Yeah, absolutely. I do a strange thing with a banana that's got three quarters of a million views. That's all I'll say. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, that I'm going to go check it out now. I'm going to have to download the app myself and find out what happens with the banana? <laughs> hey, so what is one piece of advice that for anyone that's trying to grow on social media, whether that be TikTok, Facebook, Instagram? I know I use Instagram a lot for for my podcast, but what is one piece of a piece of advice that you can give us that can help us potentially elevate to the next level? Uh Okay, well, it's a bit of a strange one, but I, actually, I'll give you two, or two if that's okay. So, uh, the first one would be, um, don't rise to the trolls and the haters, and just you know, feel sorry for them because if their life's sad enough, where all they've got to do is give you guys a hard time, then you know <laughs> you should feel sorry for them. So that's the first thing because the more you grow, the more you'll get of those kind of conversations, and so better to just ignore them. The second thing is just be just be yourself, just be you, be. Um, you know, be real about what you're doing. Don't try and be something else because eventually it will become obvious that that's not you. So you're better off just being you at the start. <laughs> they, they, you know, that's that's what makes us individuals. That's what makes us unique, isn't it? Is the fact that we're all, um, you know, we're all we're all different. And when people say things like, "Oh yeah, but I'm not interesting. I'm not. There's nothing I've got of value for people." Um, actually, that's not true, is it? Because we are all the very, the very best version of ourselves that we can be. You know, there's only one of us, and we all have a, a story to tell and a, and a point of view. So, yeah, that would be probably my tip: is just, just be yourself. You know what? And that's 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 very, very true. Because I myself am, am guilty of it. I have many times, as a matter of fact, just recently, last two weeks, I was speculating to myself. You know, asking myself, man, is 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 me continuing the podcast worth it? Is it do I have interesting things to say? You know, like, should I continue doing this? And a lot of times as well, I, you know, again, guilty. I try to watch other podcasters and try to take stuff from them and say, well, if it's working for them, it has to work for me. And that kind of starts giving you doubts, right? It gives you doubts. 
you start feeling that you're not going to be successful, whether you make it big like Joe Rogan or you don't, you know, that's that's kind of tough to say in a sense. Yeah, yeah. I, the, it's, it's, it's a really hard one because we're in a world where everybody sort of wants results right now. We, we live in a society where it's all getting quicker and faster and, and, and all that sort of thing. When the truth is that most things take hard work and most things don't happen overnight and sometimes they don't actually happen at all. So do what you love and do it because you love it. And that, you know, if that's if that's the motivation behind it, then it doesn't make a difference if one person listens or a thousand people listen, because just the process of making it is what's important is what's you know, that's 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 something that I'm really big on is that I, the, I do the things that I do because I like doing them whatever success comes off the back of that or financial reward or uh, whatever it might be, whatever comes off the back of that is, a, is an added bonus and a plus, you know, I do it because I like to do it. Yeah. That that's, that's really deep there. And I appreciate uh, that, that piece of advice and that knowledge there. Cause I can, I can closely relate to that myself. So Good. with that um, in front of me, I have a deck of cards that are known as pod decks, right? And the cool thing about this, Matt, is um, that they're unique interview questions that I can that I like to bring to the table and ask my guests. Again, okay. just because um, I feel like I get to know them a little bit better uh, outside of from what we just discussed. So okay. with that, I wanted to ask you a couple questions. Um, and the first card that I pulled is, what are you most excited about right now? Ooh, good question. What am I most excited <laughs> I'm actually... Uh, this is, by the way, I'm not sure when this is actually coming out to the world, but this is a this is something that very, very few people know. So we're going to keep this a secret. I'm actually in the process of buying a, a new house and okay. I'm really <laughs> excited about that. But but nobody knows about that as yet. So it's our secret. <laughs> well, how long is it going to be a secret for? <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to answer that. That's fine. Uh, OK, so the next question. Um, hold on. Let me reshuffle just because I like the the mystique of it and the element of surprise. This is probably one that I, I might know. So th this next question asks, if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which ones would you keep? And I think I know the answer to one of them. But I'll let you, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you answer. I'll let you answer this one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think given our previous conversation, yeah, I think um, I think I would have to keep TikTok. That's actually a really tough question because we use them for different things, don't we? Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got, um, I, I've, I've, I've got a lot of uh, love for YouTube and a lot of love for LinkedIn and a lot of love for Facebook. I use them all. Um, so yeah, that would, that would be tough. I mean, crikey, which, which could I live without is the question, isn't it? Which can I live without? Which could um, you? Yeah. The one I tell you what, the one, if the one that I would quite happily do without at the moment on a personal level would be facebook to be honest because at the moment facebook is um well it's a little bit grumpy a lot of people on there that are, seem to be quite angry <laughs> all the time so <laughs> yes yes i like that approach yeah <laughs> so I, I i so i will stick with tiktok and youtube and linkedin there we are i'll keep those three <laughs> perfect perfect I, I i like that answer <laughs> and i was one third correct on on what i uh, which apps i thought Absolutely. you were going to keep <laughs> So my final question to you is one that I always enjoy asking again, because 
it makes me feel like I'm able to reach my guest in a deeper level, right? They open up a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, so my question to you, Matt, is what has been one of your biggest failures and what did you learn from it? Yeah, uh, well, I, I again, if I'm being absolutely honest, and this is quite a, a challenging sort of conversation because I could I could gloss it over and and say something that isn't quite correct, or I could, you know, stand up to it and say what is true. Um, but that creates a whole can of worms. And that is, um, I thoroughly regret not being able to stop my father from doing what he did. Um, you know, I was, I was young and he had just gone through a very difficult relationship breakup and was very, very mentally unstable and depressed for a short while before he took his own life. But he didn't, he didn't tell anyone. He he um he went out that evening and spoke to some of his friends and and he actually um he actually gassed himself in a car and he went out and he brought all the stuff to do it and then it, and it was all very planned uh, and very cautiously done. You know, they, he he set it up so that he wouldn't be found. Um, and I wish that I had known that he was going to take that action and and that I could have done something to talk him out of it. So. Yeah, that's my that's my genuine regret that 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 wasn't the case. But it's a mixed bag that because the truth is everything that's happened after that has been because of that. And so I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done the martial arts the way that I did. I wouldn't have progressed the way that I've done and I wouldn't see the way the world the way that I do now. So. Um, so, yeah, so there's your answer. You know what, Matt, if. If I told you that I did not get a tear in my eye with that response, I'd be lying to you. That was, wow, I, I, I truly appreciate the fact that you answered it and the way you answered it, you know, because that's that's very personal. Uh, you know, here I am expecting something more related to your, your martial arts background or, you know, just an, uh, an encounter and experience. But this is really deep. And the fact that you opened up and allowed to say what you said on my podcast is, is amazing. And this is one of the reasons why I asked this question, because a lot of the times I don't know the response I'm going to get, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a quick answer to kind of just speed the process or something deep and personal. And, and with this, I, I truly appreciate that. And wow. Wow. I, I yeah, I, 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 I truly have, I truly got a tear in my eye. I, I, I kid you not, Matt, this was, this is great. <laughs> no, you're welcome. It was a, it, it, and, a, it's a very and, and I'm sorry. Experience. I'm I'm sorry that uh, you had to experience that and you know the loss of your father. But you know, I, I always like to 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 say you know if, if we always have to take positives. You know, one of the models that I that I live by is if you can't see the bright side in life, polish the dull side. And mm. like you said, you know, if if that wouldn't have happened, as unfortunate as and as horrible as that was, you wouldn't have become the person that you are now you wouldn't have uh you know trained for martial arts the way that you did so you know again i appreciate that no absolutely it's um it's <clears throat> there's there's something there's something about looking at the world with a view that you know there's there's whatever it is that's going on it'll be better tomorrow you know there's always another day kind of thing and having that having that because i've seen i've seen what the worst can do having that in my head and knowing that you know there's always another day is really powerful helps 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 the world to uh 
to open up and allow me to do all the things I want to do within it. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's a good approach there. So again, Matt, uh, I want to thank you for, for taking the time, uh, and having a discussion with me on my podcast. Um, I really enjoyed everything you had to put out there. I really enjoy the stories you had to say. Um, it was really fun stuff. I had a, a really, really good time. And I hope that you feel as if you helped out people because you truly did. What you told us, the tips, even though it might not seem like a lot, but it, it, it does to me, you helped out. A lot of people today. <laughs> no, well, I'm 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 glad. I mean, if people enjoy it and and it's um, <clears throat> you know, it resonates a little bit, then absolutely fantastic. I'm 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 glad. I know it's been a been a real pleasure talking to you. So thank you for the opportunity. And do you want to go ahead and give us a, a quick rundown of all your social medias so we can be sure to to find you and start following you and start supporting you? Uh, yeah. So you can find me on most of the main platforms. Um, either under Matt State or under Modern Samurai. Okay, perfect. So thanks again, Matt. Um, hopefully we can do this again in the future. Hopefully by then I have my first book written so you and I can relate on that matter. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, no, All right, Matt. thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, thank you. That was a Titan Cast episode.